Good morning, fourth graders. It has been a long, long time since we've read, and I do apologize. I hope that you have had a chance to go back and listen to the last um, episode of True, Sort of, by Katherine Hannigan, where I read um, up to chapter 29. So I read 26, 27, and 28. So we are getting ready to start chapter 29 today. Friday morning, Deli jerked away. Oh, grommet, she gasped. I didn't ask her not to tell. One, please don't tell. Two, please don't tell. She counted as she pulled out, pulled on her pants. Then she stopped. She won't tell. She gulped. She'll write it. Three, please don't write. Four, please don't write. She dashed down the stairs. She was ricocheting around the kitchen, grabbing her bag and throwing things in her mouth. She had to get to school early and talk to Ferris Boyd before Mrs. McDonagall did. What's going on in there? Clarice called. Any other day, Deli would have hollered, I'm out of here, and run at the door, and Clarice would have arrested her. Hold it. You go back to your room and begin again. It would have been 10 minutes of starting over, leaving the bad taste of trouble in both their mouths. But this day, something in Deli's left pocket pinched her. Ouch, she yelped. She pulled the paper out. You didn't ask, it reminded her. Deli chewed the mess in her mouth. Then she asked, Ma, can I go to school early? I got something to take care of. The question cast a spell on Clarice. She couldn't say no to it. All right, she agreed. I'm coming too, Arby announced. I'm running, she warned him. I know. They sprinted all the way, burping up through breakfast. Burping up their breakfast, Deli slowed to drop Arby at his door, but he didn't stop, so she did. What, she said. What, what, he replied. Get in there, she ordered. I'm coming with you. The worry was making her wild. She grabbed Arby to hurl him into his room, but there it was again, pinching her. She took a breath. Arby, she asked, will you let me do this on my own? She wasn't yelling or no cussing him. She was being nice. What's wrong with you, he wondered. Please, she said. The questions charmed Arby too. Okay, he told her, and she was gone. Deli stood by the back exit. The first bell rang, but no pale, skinny girl showed up. The second bell rang. I'll wait, she decided. Mrs. Niederbaum disagreed. You don't want to be late. She grabbed Deli's shoulder and guided her to class. She must be out today, Deli murmured as they got to the room. But Ferris Boyd was already there, slouched over her desk. Shikes, Deli exclaimed and stared, started toward her. Miss Pattison, Lionel Telwiger stopped her. We are ready to commence. Assume your seat. Miss Boyd, he said, please approach my desk. Lionel Tailwigger whispered to her and Ferris Boyd slumped out the door. She was gone for 1,768 seconds because Deli counted. When she came back, she said a note on Lionel Tailwigger's desk. Miss Pattison, he called out. Miss McDonagall requests your presence. Chisel, 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 Deli muttered as she trudged down the hall. They made her sit outside the office through recess because that was the cruelest thing to do. When she finally got in, Mrs. McDonagall took a deep breath. Delaware, she said. You know about Ferris Boyd's disappearance yesterday. A gurgle came out of Deli like she was drowning. Her head dropped. I've spent time with Ferris this morning trying to understand what happened. The principal went on. I asked her why she ran away, but she won't communicate with me about it. Deli's head popped up. As you know, it's unacceptable for a student to leave school. But Deli, Ferris is special, and I've decided to let it go this time. I hope you understand why she's being treated differently from the way you were. Deli couldn't believe it. Miss McDonagall was asking if it was okay to let Ferris Boyd off the hook. She nodded and got up to go. There's more, the principal told her. She slid down again. I'm worried about Ferris, that she's always alone. I asked her if she had a friend she could share with. This was her reply. Mrs. McDonagall pushed a small piece of paper across her desk. 
Deli picked it up. A big, dark no was written in the middle of it. But there was a line through that. And tiny letters in the bottom of the page was Deli. Suddenly, there was a warm spot in the middle of Deli's chest. Deli, I am. Mrs. McDonagle's voice cracked like she was choking on it. Proud of you. Deli choked up too. Can I keep it? She rasped. I think that would be all right, Mrs. McDonagle answered. Deli put the paper in her right pants pocket as she walked to her room. The warm spread out to her fingers and down to her toes. I got a friend, she whispered to the world, and her mouth couldn't keep from smiling. Chapter 30. After school, Deli had to run to catch up with her friend, Ferris Boyd. She hollered too happy. The girl flinched. Oops, Deli tried again. Hey, Ferris Boyd, she breathed and fell in beside her. The question paper was pinching her, but Deli wouldn't ask. Mind if I come along? Instead, she said, since I don't got too much going on, I guess I'll go with you. Side by side, they walked across the playground, over the bridge, and out the river road. When they got to Old Hennington Place, Deli headed down the drive. Till she noticed no Ferris Boyd beside her. Hey, where'd you go? She turned. The girl was back by the road. Ferris Boyd, Deli called to her. The girl wouldn't glance at her. Deli knew what somebody not wanting her around anymore looked like. Her friend was sick of her already. All right, then, she mumbled and clumped up the drive. As she passed Ferris Boyd, she felt the pinching. I won't ask, she muttered. But the paper pinched so hard her leg went limp. Fine, ball grommet, she grumbled. Her throat tightened up so she could hardly speak. Ferris Boyd, she whispered, do you want me to go home? She couldn't watch for an answer. A nod would hurt too much. She hung her head and the two of them stood there. And it was like Deli was one of those birds and Ferris Boyd was telling her something without a sound. Oh, she exclaimed. She gazed at the girl and she said softly, Ferris Boyd, I don't need to come in your house and I don't want to play ball with you because I hate that game. I'll just sit on the stoop. How's that? The girl stayed still. Deli let her. It was as if she asked, will you give me a minute? And Deli told her, sure, without a word. Finally, Ferris Boyd tipped her head toward the house. She trudged up the drive. It was the best yes Deli had ever heard. All right, then, she grinned. She followed her to the steps and sat down. When Ferris Boyd came out with her ball and the bowl, the black cat leaped onto the stoop. It smelled the air around Deli. It trilled, and Deli didn't know if that meant, she's okay, or let me tear her up. Ferris Boyd put her hand on the cat's back. It flipped its tail twice and went to the bowl. When it was done, it lay down beside Deli. Ball, grom cat, she breathed, but she didn't pull away. It was all right watching Ferris Boyd play basketball for about a minute. Maybe Deli did it to pass the time, or maybe she knew you're, you're not really friends till you know all of somebody, including their trouble. Ferris Boyd, want to hear a story, she asked. The girl kept playing. All right, then. Trouble tale number one. The first time Officer Tibbetts tells me I'm bad. The cat turned its head to her. The birds quit chattering. We went to the fair, Deli began. She told about the poultry pavilion and how sad those cooped up chickens looked. They were squawking at me. Please, please set us free. So I did. After they were prancing around like they were at a party, she grinned, remembering that. Suddenly her face darkened. Next thing I know, Verana's holding me up, hollering, bad, bad, bad. And I was so dumb, I thought she was joking. She glanced over at her friend. Ferris Boyd wasn't playing. She was watching Deli. Her eyes were blue, sadness. But now the sad was for somebody else. Deli didn't want it. It's just a story, she smirked. Ferris Boyd understood. She started dribbling again. Deli was quiet for a bit. She had always hated hearing that story. Somebody tell it, and then it was all about her trouble, not her trying to help. 
Telling Ferris Boy was different, though. Deli didn't feel bad. She felt better. Want to hear another one, she asked. Ferris Boy took a shot and swished it. Trouble tale number two, she declared. I'm a brownie burglar. The whole time Deli talked, the girl played ball. She didn't shake her head or tisk-tisk like everybody else. It was all as if Ferris Boy, Deli weren't horrible to bull at all. You ready? Because here comes trouble tale number three. Deli started another one and the girl kept playing. Chapter 31. As long as Ferris Boy didn't quit, neither did Deli. She got all the way through trouble tale number five and was about to begin number six. Suddenly, the ball stopped bouncing. Ferris Boy was standing on the steps with her backpack. Oh, Deli said. Hey. The girl stared off at the woods. Then Deli realized what she had done. In less than an hour, she told her brand new friend some of the worst things about her. Now, Ferris Boy knew about the tiny ton of a trouble sitting on her stoop. But Deli wouldn't ask. You change your mind about me. Instead, she said, I'm pretty bad, huh? And snickered. Ferris Boy didn't look at her. She walked away to the woods and Deli had her answer. Just like that, the feeling bad was back, beating her up. You're too much trouble for anybody, it told her. You can't even keep a friend for a day. Deli's eyes started stinging. She got up to go. The cat yelled at her. Deli spun around, teeth bared. She snarled. You laughing at me? Ferris Boy and the cat were at the edge of the woods. They weren't laughing, though. They were waiting. You, the rasp cracked. You waiting for me? That cat's tail flicked twice and the feeling bad vanished. All right, then. Deli grinned and trotted to them. Together, they walked into the woods. In the dark, Deli remembered. Soon, Ferris Boyd and the cat would disappear. Maybe they'll sub sublimate, er, sublimate me, too, she thought. So she stayed close. They came to the big tree and stopped. Deli got ready for some smoke, maybe a small explosion. The cat went to the other side of the tree and was gone. Ferris Boyd went next and didn't come back. Hey, Deli called and followed. She walked all the way around the tree, but there was nothing left of those two, not even a tiny puff of smoke. What the glub, she muttered. Meow, the cat laughed. Where are you, she shouted. Meow, it yelled. Deli looked up. They were staring down and through the leaves. They weren't ghosts or gas. How'd you get up there? A pale, skinny hand pointed to the trunk. Finally, Deli saw it. Chunks of wood were nailed to the side of the tree. They look like big hunks of bark. It's a ball gone ladder, she exclaimed. She started up it, step by step. She entered the green till it surrounded her. Birds called from close by. Squirrels ran along the limbs as if they were roads. Way up, boards were nailed to the branches so they made a floor. Deli pulled herself onto it and she was in a room with leaf walls and a leaf ceiling. A railing ran around the outside of it. Ferris Boyd crouched in a corner with a book against her chest. The cat sat beside her. The other world was gone. The tree held them like a giant green cocoon. Oh, Ferris boy, Deli whispered. You gotta hide a ways. The girl's eyes were wondering. It's your special secret place, she explained. Ferris boy nodded. She knew. The sun shone through the leaves, making them glow like jewels. The breeze shook them, so they danced. Deli stood and turned slowly. There was plenty of room to spread out. You could eat here, she announced. There was shade and shelter. You could sleep here, she said. She saw all that space far from everything bad and hard. You could live here, she breathed. She kept turning and talking. You would never be in trouble because it's your place. Nobody can make fun of you because you're in charge. She had to stop. Something about the hideaways made her heart ache, like she'd been missing it forever. Chisel, she sighed and sat down. Then Deli was quiet because there weren't words for what she was feeling. She had just got a whole new world because Ferris Boyd had shared it. At five o'clock, she heard the whistle from the other world. I got to go, she said sadly. Ouch, 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 she yelped as she climbed down the ladder. 
The question paper wouldn't let her leave. She climbed back again. There's Foyd. She started, but she couldn't finish. It was the hardest question yet because she wanted it more than anything. The paper pinched it out of her, though. Can I please come back? Ferris Boyd glanced at the cat. The cat stared at Deli. It's over, Deli figured. If the Balgram cat decides, she waited for one thump. No, from its tail. Instead, the cat flicked it twice. Okay, and closed its eyes. All right, then, Deli rasped, holding the happiness in. She scampered down the tree. She waited till she was at the bridge to shout, Happy Hallelujah! She smiled so big her cheeks hurt. Back at the hideaways, the corners of the cat's mouth curved just a little. Chapter 32. That night at supper, Deli didn't count. She thought about the hideaways. When Galveston sneered, what are you doing, planning your next misdemeanor? She didn't even hear her because Deli had ideas. As soon as she got to her room, she got a list going. She talked out loud like her friend was with her. I got to fix those railings because they're rickety and you could use a roof over where you sit. We need a blanket and something for food and a box with a lock for special stuff. It's going to be a Fort Trassel, Ferris Boyd, she grinned. Saturday morning, Deli went to work. She was too busy to count, but she asked about everything. Ma, can I take the piece of metal behind the garage, she inquired. Okay, Clarice said. Can I have some nails? All right. Can I borrow the hammer and saw? Now to the rest of the world, those things were tools, but in Deli's hands, they could be weapons of gal destruction. Clarice had a vision of Galveston going down the river in a Deli-built boat. What's all this for, she asked. For my project. Deli told her, I thought it was about nature. We're building stuff for creatures, Deli answered, almost honestly. So you're not doing any hammering near Galveston? Clarice wanted to be clear. Ma, she laughed like Clarice was kidding and went out the door. In the afternoon, Arby came sniffing around. Deli was gathering supplies, but putting them in a pile in the garage. Hey, he said. Huh? She said back. What are you doing with that stuff? It's for my project, she told him. When are you going to be done, he asked. For the 23rd time, she shrugged and put a can of screws on the pile. Don't you have to get a grade? Arby might be young, but he knew the rules. It's extra credit, Deli replied. And that's when Arby knew she was sneaking because Deli hardly did her regular homework, let alone extra. Her story stank like skunk spray on a hot summer day. He squinted hard at her trying to scare her into coming clean. Deli wasn't worried. She had a friend and a hideaways and she had a new start. See ya, she said. So Arby left but he would not be left behind. And we're going to stop there for today. So the next time I will pick up on chapter 33. Have a great day and I will talk to you soon.